You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. Before I throw it out to Dave and myself at our Pre-Sox Fest event that happened last Wednesday at Open Outcry Brewing, I want to say, first of all, thank you to everybody that showed up. We had a lot of fun. Place was packed. Gave out a lot of Socks in the Basement autograph hats. Those are the Socks in the Basement hats that have all the white space around the logo. You can fill in all of your signatures you're going to collect at Socks Fest or even throughout the year. If you're looking to get your hands on some of the swag or hats that we had, don't worry, there's lots of hats left. I ordered these things just for SoxFest. I want to give them out. They're free. The SoxFest schedule for this weekend, 3 to 9 p.m. on Friday, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Saturday, 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. on Sunday at the Hilton Chicago. Kitty O'Shea's is the bar that's inside the Hilton. There's a couple places you can go drink in there, but Kitty O'Shea's is the place that I like to hang. I'm at least going to do that on Friday. So when they open at 11 a.m., I'll be there with hats. When the event ends at 9 p.m., I'll be back at Kitty O'Shea's. Come get your hats. If you're not going to make it there and you want to find all the other places we're going to be because we're going to be in the event when the event is going on, don't worry about it. There's like a lounge area in there. There's all kinds of places for us to gather and hang out. And we will put it out there on social media, at Socks in the Basement on Twitter or Instagram, facebook.com slash Socks in the Basement for your Facebook. If you have a problem finding those things, just go to SocksInTheBasement.com. The links are right on the page. If you use your phone to go to SoxAndBasement.com, there's a drop-down box, top left corner. Click on it, find the social media site you like to use, click on that, you're connected to us. It should be a great weekend. Now, back to what we have today. The pre-SoxFest event from Open Outcry. I was worried I was going to have to do some major editing, because it happened almost a week ago. And Dave went on this amazing rant about Manny Machado, and I thought, I'm going to have to cut this. And in reality, nothing's really changed. So I think it's all pretty relevant. Now, he recorded it the day that Dan Lozano, Machado's agent, got really angry with Buster Olney and Bob Nightingale. But I think how he reacted to it and our comments about all that really have not changed. Our stance has not really changed in a week. Heck, more is going on with the fact the White Sox are interested in Jock Peterson, which I think would be a great upgrade and doesn't hurt anybody because they're not going to give up anything that important for him. So without further ado... We're going to jump right into it. You're going to get Dave's anger and then all the fun from the event. From Socks in the Basement, found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Live at Open Outcry, 10934 Southwestern Avenue, a Socks in the Basement pre-Socks Fest event. We are going through the hats, we're going through the keychains, we're going through the Sox memorabilia, we're meeting some listeners, place some fans packed. of the show. Place this is packed place right is packed now. wall to wall, we're going to have the band up here in just a moment. Having a great time already, and we've just gotten started. Uh, met a guy up at the bar that's going to come over in a little bit, actually played a little ball. Big fan of the show, dragged his girlfriend out here tonight just because he wanted to see Sox in the basement. Awesome. Probably to take his mind off of the ridiculousness that's going on today. Now, what what I'm about to bring up to you right now, Chris, is a major development. Well, I can't. And, and I think so. Well, I want to hear what you say because I think you are so fired up, and I love when you get this way. Right, and it's such a you rarity. It, you don't get it often. And you are 
angry we said on our last show. It came out at 4 a.m. Wednesday the 16th. That the White that Sox. That the White Sox were had- probably the only team that was in on this thing, and Machado's camp must be panicked. And before it hit noon, go ahead. So we have had multiple reports as to the nature of the deal that the White Sox have offered Manny Machado. The first thing that we heard was seven years, about $200 million. Then, as we had talked about on one of our podcasts, that had there had been a rumor come out that it was eight years, 250. Now, what has happened since is that there had been a report that came out from Bob Nightingale, and Buster only backed it up. And and although he is not mentioned in what I'm about to read to you right now, you can pretty much put Bruce Levine in this category of reporters too, because he came out since this and doubled down on it. Now, right. I am going to read to you. Look how angry you are. I'm going to like read to you We're in, the, we're in open outcry right now, and yet there's people that are here because of us, and then there's other people who are looking at you like, why are you so angry and shouting in the bar? Shut up, Chris. This is fired up day. This is so what you want. Angry. So I'm about to You're read to you. Me. I'm about to read to you a tweet from Dan Lozano of MVP Sports Group, the agent for Manny Machado. He released the following statement regarding recent reports today. This came out at about 4 p.m. today. Here's the quote. I have known Bob Nightingale and Buster Only for many years and have always had a good professional relationship with both. First of all, but remember th- what I said? These guys get their, their, their sources from agents, and I've been saying that now for a while with these two guys. So that, or, that right there is a hint to the fact that he's or, had a good relationship with them. Or, or in, this, in the case here... They're going into business on their own. Maybe. But let me let me Maybe. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about that. All I right. want I wanna get through this tweet okay. because this is a very I'll long tweet and it's very important. I don't want you to hit me. You'll be quiet yes. since when? I'm gonna be quiet right now. Okay. So Dan Just Laz- remember it's a half hour podcast. Dan Lozano of MVP Sports Group. The agent for Manny Machado released the following statement regarding recent reports. I have known Bob Nightingale and Buster only for many years and have always had good professional relationships with both. But their recent reporting, like many other rumors in the past several months, have been inaccurate and reckless when it comes to Manny Machado. I don't know if their sources are blatantly violating the collective bargaining agreement by intentionally misleading them to try to affect negotiations through the public or are just flat out lying to them for other reasons. But the truth is that their reports on the details of the White Sox level of interest in Manny Machado are completely wrong. I am well aware that the entire baseball universe, fans, players, teams, and media members alike are starved for information about the free agent market for all players, including Manny. But I am not going to continue to watch the press be manipulated into tampering with, not just with my client, but all of these players' livelihoods as they have been doing this entire offseason. The absence of new information to report is no excuse to fabricate quote-unquote news or regulate falsehoods without even attempting to confirm their their validity and is a disservice to baseball fans everywhere when the media does just that. Moving forward, I will continue to respect the CBA's prohibition on negotiations through the media and hope that others would do the same. Now, I personally have a feeling about this. Okay, as you can tell, I'm all fired up. And my feeling well, my is this. Me, I'm just drinking my craft beer. Okay, it's I'm sure it's good craft beer. It's good. What this is, these are national reporters 
who just cannot accept the fact that the Chicago White Sox are in fact a major league baseball team who play in the in in major league baseball who have actually won a world series in 2005 these are people who just cannot accept the fact that such a high profile free agent like Manny Machado, or even Bryce Harper for that matter, is not going to end up a Yankee. He's not going to end up a Red Sox. He's not going to end up an L.A. Dodger. He's not even going to end up a Philadelphia Philly. He is going to end up a Chicago White Sox. So they are going to create this news on ESPN and all of the other networks, quote-unquote networks, that we know are East Coast friendly, East Coast bias, just to create this you know, just to create news where there isn't any. And, and meanwhile, just Bruce Levine is just to, angry. He doesn't want to be a cub. Right, and Bruce Levine <laughs> is just angry. He doesn't want to be. A, he doesn't want to be a cub. So, I'm. You know, again, the White Sox are a professional baseball team. They play in Major League Baseball. They have won a World Series. They have accomplished things. Okay. Contrary to your opinion, there is baseball that happens west of the Hudson River. You're very angry. Well, well here's I'm, the thing. Here's the thing. I'm I'm just a little this has been going on forever. You had said it before when when the Bryce Harper thing came out, these guys put out they put they put an octopus tank and they dropped an right. octopus in they there did. and there's a Philly hat and a New York Yankee hat. And they're like, Where is Bryce Harper right. where is Bryce Harper gonna end up? Right. Oh, the octopus said he's gonna end up a Philly. Come right. on, man. Right. Really? No, you're right. We were talking about all this. They can't accept that that the White Sox are going after somebody. It doesn't make any sense to them. You know what? Listen, it's just like, remember with sabermetrics. There was an old guard in sabermetrics that that didn't believe that it was real, that thought there was something wrong with the numbers, and it took <laughs> years for people to understand it. Right. There's an old guard in the press right now that can't understand that things have changed in free agency. Going on the days of eight guys, eight teams trying to give one guy a contract. Right. It, it just doesn't happen anymore. And you remember J.D. Martinez last year. Yes. It became obvious the only team that wanted to pay him was the Red Sox. And the Red Sox were like, we're not bidding against ourselves. Well, and it, it, and it lasted all the way into spring training. It was the and same. that's what's going to happen with Machado here, but the Sox are going to get him. It was the same thing with Moustakas. Moustakas didn't have a job until spring training. No. Because nobody nobody, and nobody was going to pay him the this, kind of money that he wanted listen. to. So, so, like, here's the deal. What, what I think has happened, Chris, I think we kind of got it wrong. Initially, we thought this was a thing of the agents trying to use the media to broker a deal to try to get the White Sox to pay Machado more. But clearly from this tweet, that's not what's, that's not what's going on. Either A, these quote-unquote reporters, and I put that in quotation marks, are either A, getting bad information from uh, other GMs who are trying to sabotage the deal, or what my opinion is, these are guys just trying to go into business for themselves because they are trying to sell... They're trying to sell subscriptions on ESPN. I enjoy when you let me talk. It's hard to talk with you sometimes. It's okay. I still love you. I like how you took me out to a public place to tell me that I talk over you too much. Like you were afraid I would hit you in the basement. It's a good growing moment for us. And we've only known each other for four decades, but it's good that we've gotten to this point. Yeah, well, I don't know, talk man. over you in real life, do I? No, 
Just on the just on the podcast. On the radio. All right, I'm sorry. It's okay. You don't have to be I'll sorry. Work on it. You don't have to be sorry. We're going to Sox Fest. What is the biggest thing you want to do at Sox Fest? Oh like, wow! Uh, and, and, I mean, this the schedule is not official yet. What? Who do you want to see? What do you want to do? Three days, me and you cuddling. <laughs> Okay, well, we're going to do okay, some cuddling. Can, we're going to go can, to Kitty O'Shea's. We're going to do some shots. Then we're going to do some cuddling. I don't want to do is cuddle with you. Yeah, I think, so. that's, I think that, that's hurtful and mean. Well, you know, man, I, I can be hurtful and, and okay, hurtful so and mean. Okay, so you're going to Saxfest. What do you want to do at Saxfest? Is there somebody you want to see? Yes, I would like to meet Ron Kittle in person. Um, you've never you've never met him in person. Never met Ron Kittle in person. So uh, my he was, funny thing is that I think it, what's crazy about the whole Ron Kittle thing, and I'll just let you know a little secret here. Sure, of course. Okay, I met Ron maybe five, six, seven years ago. And I was sitting in a 300 level, and it was a rainout. And it was one of those years, you know, Adam Dunn sucked. Oh, boy. The team sucked. Everybody hated baseball in general by June. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And Chris Ranji's trying to tell everybody that it's all our fault because we're bad baseball fans because oh, we don't I understand that the days. team is good. I remember, remember those that? days. I remember those don't days. Don't worry. It's all going to work out. It'll all even out. If he hits if he hits 140, that means he'll hit 350 in the second half. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Right. So, and I'm sitting there, and I'm in a 300 level. My dad's there with me, and we're sitting at the bar. And that was back in the good old days of the 300 level. If you've ever been in the, in the 300 level maybe five, six, seven, eight years ago, they had a couple of girls that worked back there, and if you were up there regularly, it was like a Southside bar. I don't want to call them out or anything like that, and 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 maybe I'm just telling stories, but if they knew you, you know how you keep the money on the table in a Southside bar. Oh yeah, you could do that there. Really? Every once in a while, they didn't take from the pile. <laughs> it was nice. like it was like being like a Southside bar. It was like a Southside bar. Sometimes they just—I mean, they all they needed were the the free drink chips to put out there on bad game days. They're like, you know, you you spent a lot of money for these tickets, and we suck. Here's a free here's a free drink. So the least they can do is give you a free drink. Right, for as long your as you trouble. got off the tap, they, they they just refill it for you. Okay, exactly. They okay. were wonderful up there. So anyway, I'm sitting there, and of course, Ron must have known that this happened. Like he must have been like, this game sucks. I'm gonna go get a couple of free beers. So you would he, think that you would think that being Ron Kittle, he would just like be able to walk around the cell and get free beers I don't anyway. Oh, maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe there. You know, I'm sure he can't walk on. A, I'm sure he can't be on the 100 level. No, he would get walk mobbed. Up, but I'm and, saying, no, no, and walk up to a, like a beer vendor and be like, "Can I get a beer?" They're going to charge him for it. You see what I'm saying? He's got to find a couple of friendly places where they know where he is, who he is. 300 level. Where was, everybody knows. 300 your name. level is one of those bars in in the cell or whatever it's called now, guaranteed rate field. Okay, in the rate, it was the cell then. 300 level bar. It's down the third base line in in left field. That that has always been like just kind of like a hole in the wall type thing that most people don't realize is there. And if you're up on that level, you can kind of walk over. And you know what's crazy is it used to be you had to be a season ticket holder to get on that level. You can just buy those seats now. Like I, I sat on a 300 level last year for seven dollars a seat. I wow. had to buy four of them, and there were only two of us going. And I'm like, $14 a seat to sit in the 300 level. Cool. And I had great seats there. Yeah, I remember. Like, on a those, Wednesday. They used to not sell those. No. Like, those were, okay. Now you can get them anywhere, like in the secondary market. But anyway, you go down, and we'd sit at the bar. And the great thing was if the game was terrible, the bar would just – you couldn't leave the bar and come back in, but you could just sit in there, and they would stay open well after the game. So Ron must have been like, I'm going to do that. 
So he comes down and he sits down at the bar and I'm talking to my dad and my dad just looks at me while I'm talking. He goes, and I'm wearing my Kittle jersey. Oh, nice. And Kitty sits down right next to me. Like he must have been like, here's a guy in an 83 Kittle jersey and a terrible day. I'm just going to go sit next to this dude. On a terrible day when like the team is terrible. There's nobody in the park. It it was kind of drizzling. And, you know, we're sitting at this bar. And he grabs a seat right next to me, and he must have looked over my shoulder while I was talking to my dad, like, laughing. Because my father recognized him right away. Oh, yeah. And my dad, like, goes, uh, turn around. I'm like, what? He's like, turn around. I turn around, and Ryan Kittle's sitting next to me. He's like, what's up? And I'm, I'm like, oh, hey, what's up? And I had this big conversation with him. So, you know, he signed my jersey, and we had a big conversation. And I was doing a podcast at the time called The Broadcast Basement, which, uh, you know. Still are. I'm still doing it. Still doing it. It's beer-centric. It's a little blue. It's like some friends of mine, you know, we've been doing it for like 10 years. It's got like something like, you know, 50,000, 60,000 downloads. It was once one of the top 100 comedy podcasts in the world, according to Stitcher Radio. And in reality, we never did anything with it except just goof around. But I'm telling Ron about it, and he subscribed to the show in front of me. Really? Then he nice. followed the show, and he followed me. So what's funny is that Ron follows me on Twitter. He follows the show on Twitter. He's subscribed to the show. So I know Ron listens to the other show. And meanwhile, when we had him on Socks in the Basement, he could not figure out it was the same guy. I could tell. Remember? Yeah. He could not figure out that he knew me. Right, And it was so funny because I know he listens to the other show. That's my funny Ron Kittle story. So I would love to hang with Ron again and and almost have him, like, put it together right there. Like, that would be kind of fun to do. Yeah, I would like, I would definitely, I would definitely like to meet Ron Kittle. Um... I would like to get, I would like to see Yolmer dump something on himself in front of us. That I would. would. Be, that would be cool. I'd like to meet Bo. I've never met Bo. Yeah, Bo Jackson. There's I was there one. in 93 yeah. when they clinched, and he ran by. I was like in the second row in right field the day that they clinched against the Mariners. He run around with the sack. I loved Bo. I've never met Bo face-to-face. I'd like to meet Bo. I, I mean, I'm sure that it would be like two seconds with him, but I'd like to... Now, I might get in his autograph line I or something. I think, you know... This, if he's this doing was, autographs. This was a while ago. Bo Jackson still lives here in Chicago, doesn't he? Or at least he has a, ho- he You're has a house. You're saying after we get out of Open Outcry, we're going to go over to Bo's house? No, I'm not. I'm just saying like he's around, though. Like he, he's... like his, I thought he had like a... I thought he had a property out in Orland Park or something like that. Maybe he doesn't anymore, but at one point I thought he did. Oh, you want a hat? Yeah, man, have a hat. Go for it. Yeah. Oh, hold on. It. Here, do me a favor. Just, just tell us, just tell us your name in the microphone. My name is Dave Hall. Yeah. Everybody knows me as Cord, and everybody knows I'm an avid Sox fan. We are live at Open Outcry, 10934 Southwestern. It is a beautiful night, handing out the uh, Saxon Basement autograph hats. We have the Saxon in the Basement uh, bottle opener keychains. We got White Sox swag that the team sent us, and we've got great beer. And the guy that's responsible for this spot, for letting us hang out here, and for the great beer and food is John Brand, the owner of Open Outcry Brewery. John, how are you? Gentlemen, how are you? Thank you very much for jo- for letting us come here. Thanks for having us, John. Yeah, glad you guys are here. Thanks for coming. I appreciate it. And you know what? I really love your, uh, your brewery. I- I'm a big beer nut, and... You know, it's, it wasn't hard for me to find a place that we wanted to do something at because I've been in here several times. You have. Yeah. I love the food. I love the craft beer. You guys are constantly making something new. That's what it seems to me like. Like, today I watched, I came in here for lunch just before we did this, and 
your brewer was was just emptying something and like getting yeah. it ready and you got another one coming out tomorrow and he's telling me what your plans are for the next couple of days you're right. always yeah. doing something right we, well uh for two reasons one out of necessity we're we're a lot of thirsty people around here so we're selling a lot of beer which means we got to we got to keep brewing so um we just brew to keep the the the, the pipeline full and then number two that's been our philosophy since we've opened we try uh, we have four or five maybe six core beers that are on pretty much all the time and then we rotate new interesting um, innovative things around that so we're always trying to do new things so that when folks come in they know that they can get the same two three four beers that they know and like uh, and then there's always something different for them to try I've always been a big fan of your stouts, especially I, I tasted the, a bourbon barrel one recently, and it's skipping my mind because I don't have it sitting in front of me, but it's Dark Pool, is it's that what Dark it's called? Pool. yeah. We, we've and I had a, a bourbon barrel one, and I've had the regular one. Your bourbon barrel one is outstanding. Yeah, thank you. So the one the one we released today is another uh, another version of Dark Pool. Uh, this, all, all our, all our um, barrel-aged stouts we've done in Journeyman barrels. We have a really nice relationship with Journeyman out of Three Oaks, Michigan, where uh, when we brew a Russian Imperial Stout, a couple days before it comes out of uh, out of the fermenter, we'll drive out to Three Oaks. We'll pick up five, ten barrels, bring them back to Chicago, and fill them right off the fermenter. The one that we dropped today was aged 11 months in a Journeyman Featherbone Rye barrel. Nice. So it's our base Russian Imperial Stout in the Featherbone Rye, 11 months, and then we added uh, crushed Metropolis coffee beans to it, and it sat on the beans for I think five days, four or five days. Uh, and we just we just released it today. Now, I love your brewery. I think a lot of the things that you put out are spectacular, but there has to be, and this is the question I ask all the time when I speak to somebody that, that is a brewer, there has to be every once in a while you guys try something new, and it comes out and you go, Phew. we're not even serving that. Has yeah. that happened? Yeah, is my, that, how often does that my happen? My dog died when I was seven. We can talk about that too if you want. <laughs> you don't put beer on that you don't want to drink yourself. So it happens occasionally. Knock on wood, lucky for us. It's only happened once or twice where there was a beer that came out. We weren't comfortable with it, or it wasn't a beer that I felt proud to put in front of somebody, so we, we dumped it. And, and every brewery experiences a, experiences a batch like that every once in a while. It's happened to us once or twice, for sure. I'm sorry that I brought up a tough subject. Yeah, no kidding. I could see that you're upset high, with me. I know. I still think about my high school girlfriend <laughs> and she, when, she, when she dumped me. We can talk about that, too, if you want. Okay, before you get out of here, you a Sox fan? What do you think's going on with the team this year? Are you into it this year um, or what? I'll, honestly, so... Uh, sports fan uh grew up on the south side uh i never i feel i feel good about following both teams right okay. i'll be honest with you i right. like i like both teams so he's a cup fan Chicago. he's a cup fan dave uh well, nobody follows both no it's a negative i do i really do okay uh, i grew up i grew up in the mid 90s so you know so those blackjack mcdowell teams with that with uh, uh wilson alvarez and robin ventura okay and he's throwing the, names out and he's harold legit. baines and um all those guys i love that team frank thomas yes uh ozzy Gian, all those I love those teams, right? Yes. And then they had the strike shortened year, and we didn't I ruined everything. They ruined broke what could my have been heart. a really good year for us. It was us, like a right? bad beer batch coming should, should out. Should we talk? Know? Should we talk about the girlfriends that broke up with us? In yeah, high I know. Thanks I mean, for bringing up the subjects. Wow. Right? I know the Sox are in contention for um, Manny Machado. Manny Machado, and um, I haven't seen him a lot, but I know he's a stud. I know he's going to be expensive as hell. Um, and they're going to get him. And they're going to get I'm him. I'm convinced of it. Um, 
I don't know. Is that a good thing? I don't. No, it's a good thing. You get a six. You get a six. You get a guy who who earns your team six extra wins over an average player in baseball who plays a position like third or short. The whip. The the wins above replacement. The war. But the whip. Whip is another one. I like how you're trying to throw out baseball terms. I'm I'm proud of you. Yeah, thank you. It's like me trying to talk Talk about you know yeah (laughs) talk about the wart. (laughs) The wart. The work. See, I said it wrong. Yeah. John Brand, thank you very much for having us tonight in Open Outcry, and we look forward to many more uh, outings at this place. I'm glad you guys are here in the thank future. Thank thanks you for, for coming. Having Appreciate it. Thank you. you. Thank you. Oh God, Joe Creedy in the 2015 Sox Fest. This is a great story. I'm in line for Joe Creedy. It's early morning, I think on Saturday. So it's Friday, Friday night, these guys all got in. They did opening ceremonies. They saw each other for the first time, some of them, for in like 10 years, right? So they obviously go out drinking someplace. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like they obviously go out just and just party. So it's Saturday morning, and my daughter, who played third base, and she still plays some third base, but was a third baseman at the time, um, she wanted to get Joe Creedy's autograph. Not because she ever saw Drew Creedy really play in his prime, but because her father always said that's one of the greatest defensive third basemen I've ever seen. His 2005, yeah, because she played third base too. So His 2005 season is arguably one of the best seasons by a White Sox third baseman. I'm sure there's other people in there, but he's definitely in the top five. His World Series playoff run was spectacular. My father kept looking at me saying, it's like when I watched Brooks Robinson. He had one of those kind of series. So... Uh, everything even that he did. Even the announcers, even the I announcers thought, were making that comparison I thought too. Joe Creedy should have been the MVP of the World Series. And if Jermaine Dye was sitting here, I would say, Jermaine, you had a great World Series. Joe Creedy should have been the MVP. So I'm sure Jermaine she, will tell you that too. She's heard me say that to her. So she's my oldest. She's daddy's little girl. She was like, can we go get Joe Creedy's autograph? So we're standing in line and everybody else's autograph lines have been moving for 15 minutes and no Joe Creedy. And I'm standing next to a security guard who's trying to find Joe Creedy. And they're like, where's Joe, blah, blah, blah. And you hear this back and forth, and they're checking the hotel rooms. They find him face down in the hotel room of another player, opening up doors. Oh, boy. Sleeping on his face in the middle of the floor. That's what came over the radio. I'm listening to this conversation. Like, the security guards are laughing. We found him where? Face down in the middle of of, of another hotel room. Okay. So they bring Joe Creedy Where's down. Where's AJ and Rowan? I don't They're know. responsible They're for this. Clearly responsible for this, okay? And I'm sorry, Joe, for exposing this story, but I was there and I watched it happen. And I was standing next to a guy with a radio. So they bring Joe Creedy down. And Joe Creedy reminded me of like college. When like he had that friend who slept on his face all night long after drinking. Like he had one side of his face that was just beat red. Like he'd been hit with a stick about a thousand times. <laughs> because he'd been sleeping on it and the blood had rushed to that side of his face. So he gets up there, and we're moving along in line. So as we get up closer, you see Joe. Joe is just just hung over the table, just signing autographs with his head down, muttering. And I see all these people. They're like, Joe, can I get a picture? He's like, no, no pictures. And he's just signing and moving on, signing moving on, like no, no talking to anybody. Right. And I'm preparing my daughter, like, you're going to get up there, and Joe Creedy is probably not going to want to have a conversation with you, sweetheart. And at the time, like, she's nine yeah, she was She's super excited about this. And I'm like, I'm like, just give him some space when we get up there. Don't worry about it. And we get up there and he takes the thing that she wants in the sign. She's in front of me and he goes to sign it and she spits it out real quick. She goes, Mr. Creedy, 
my dad said that you were in the best third baseman he's ever seen in his life, and I play third base, and I just wanted to let you know that, and it's so wonderful that you're signing my thing. I wasn't alive for the World Series. I was born like two months afterwards. My dad always told me that, like you were the best third baseman ever. And she just gets this out like just boom, 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 boom. Right. And Joe just looks up, totally hungover. And he goes, uh, your dad said that? And uh, she goes, yeah. And he goes, you play third base? She goes, yeah. And he goes, you want a picture? Like, he's turned out everybody for what? a picture. And he goes, you want a picture? And she didn't even ask for one. And she's like, sure. So she comes around, and Joe gives the biggest smile on the face of the earth. I'll put it up. I, I have the picture. That's awesome. Biggest smile on the face of the earth. Puts his arm around her. She's beaming. Takes a picture with her. Beautiful moment. I'm like, and then he, he turns to me. And I'm like, oh, Joe, I just need you to sign this right here. Thanks a lot. That's my daughter. I really appreciate it. He's like, oh, yeah, no problem. I'm like, you think I can get a picture? No. <laughs> That's awesome. And then I was just pushed out of the line. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So we're going to see everybody at SoxFest. You'll be there. I'll be there. Follow us on Twitter, at Socks in the Basement. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Socks in the Basement. Follow us on Instagram at Socks in the Basement. Hit those, uh, hit those, hit those subscribe buttons on oh, yeah. your podcast app of choice. Right, uh, that's how you'll be able to get us every week. A lot of folks today were kind of like, "Hey, I'm not sure how I get your podcast." If you're getting this podcast, and you got friends who are White Sox fans. Tell them about it. It's really super easy, uh, especially on iPhones nowadays to go ahead or iPads to go ahead and subscribe to this podcast. So All right. go so for now, it. So now here's the other thing. If you want to follow us during SoxFest and you're not sure and you don't remember where do those guys say I should go to follow us, just go to SoxInTheBasement.com. If you go to SoxInTheBasement.com, not only can you listen to the show, not only can you find different ways to subscribe to the show through different podcast players, but you have links to all the places on social media that you can follow us, okay? So make sure you do that so you can find out where we're at. We're going to try to put out a couple of special episodes from... SoxFest, updating you throughout the week, and then we'll have our big wrap-up on our normal Wednesday following SoxFest. But you listen to Sox Basement for updates. We're going to try to get in there and ask some questions. My hope is to get up in front of Rick Hahn and be like, Rick, Chris Lanuti, Sox in the Basement. And they'll just be like, nobody cares. See what I'm saying? <laughs> but I'm, I'm look- and then I want you to be standing behind me after I ask a question, just to be like, Rick, Dave, Sox in the Basement. Just wanted to ask a follow-up question. Like, I want to I want to bombard people. I'm going to bring the little mini recorder. We're going to have some fun. We're going to try to hunt down some players. We're going to try to find the behind-the-scenes stuff. The stuff that nobody's talking about, we're going to try to find. So we're going to be in the lobby in the middle of the night. I, I've run into ball players in the bars at, at 10 o'clock at night and had beers with them. We're going to do that. And we're going to see what we can awesome. get on tape and we can play for people and talk to guys while they're out there. So listen to us. Make sure you subscribe. And if you want to know where we're at, we have these hats. We have more of them. We have more swag. We have more things to give away. You find us, you're getting something. So come find us at SoxFest because we're going to hook you up. We're looking forward to talking White Sox baseball with you at SoxFest with or without Manny Machado yet. Dave, say goodbye. Bye, Chris. From Open Outcry, this has been Socks in the Basement Live. Thank you to all that came out and to all the new listeners that we got tonight who subscribed after they came out and saw the show live. We will see you next week. Enjoy SoxFest. Bye-bye, everybody. Another show is wrapped up. Another show's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. And then by the looks, it's going to be a good one. And we'll see you next week. And the nude is Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and it's in the books.
Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and by the looks, it's gonna be a good one. Nudie's Basement, broadcast, Basement, the Nudie's Basement, the Broad Basement. Slancha. That was like Dropkick Murphys or something, right? I felt like it. Socks in the Basement. <laughs> Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always on SocksInTheBasement.com.